Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Before we get started with this week's What's Happening episode of Must Have Seen TV, I want to just hit y'all up with a crazy, crazy thing that literally uh, just happened to me about four hours ago. So as you know, I am a reporter producer for Decider.com, and a couple weeks ago I wrote an article called Why Millennials Should Care About Bob Newhart, and well, uh the best possible thing that could happen happened. Um, so I'm sitting at work today, and I get an email titled The Bob Newhart Show, which um, isn't out of the ordinary for me, considering uh, the job I have and the circles I run in and the things I like. And then I open it, and it says, Hello, Brett, which is my name. I am the secretary to Bob Newhart. <laughs> I ran across your article on Decider about millennials and the Bob Newhart show. He was very humbled by it and glad the show is receiving the recognition he always felt it deserved. Uh, Bob said it's one of the best articles he has ever read about the Bob Newhart show. Uh, and then best signed then uh, then signed the name uh, signed the secretary's name. I, I mean I don't want to you know blow up the secretary's spot and give out like the email and the name and all that, but um I can assure you this is real. Um that's a shocking email to get at work. I didn't I didn't get much done for an hour as I just um reeled for a while uh and i learned from my boss that they had actually like reached out to him because they wanted to get my email address because they wanted to thank me and now i'm just like i i'm now i guess i now know like i don't think bob newart has email uh maybe i actually don't know he's 87 <laughs> this, that's why i never thought in a million years this would uh happen um and so i imagine him just being like being shown it and then like reading it and it's Bob Newhart reading words I wrote, uh, which is a sentence I never thought I would say. So that happened. Humbled. He was humbled by me. Um, so yeah, that's crazy and great. Um, you can find that article uh, on decider.com, like slash tag slash Bob dash Newhart or why millennials should care about Bob Newhart. Hey, millennials, here's why you should care about Bob Newhart. You Google the word millennial and Bob Newhart, it's going to probably be the very first thing that comes up. But it's a piece I'm really proud of, and it's now endorsed by the man 
himself. I am printing out that email and I am putting it in a frame. Uh, that is true. I've already bought the frame. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to go at work or at home in the corner of my home office that is a mini Bob Newhart shrine. So, yeah, um, with that fun news out of the way, I will go <laughs> and get on with the show. And make sure you listen to After the Show for information on what we're watching next week, as well as other fun stuff. Please, please, please stay tuned. What's happening? It's time for Must Have Seen TV, the podcast dedicated to the sitcoms of the 20th century from I Love Lucy to News Radio. I am your TV guide, Brett White, and this week I am joined by writer and performer Ethan Kay. Hello, Ethan. Hey, how's it going, Brett? It's going. Th- thanks for letting me be a TV guide with you uh, as we <laughs> talk about one of my favorite shows. Yeah, this is, uh, as, as listeners know, some, some weeks guests are so passionate about a show I've never watched that I have to eschew protocol <laughs> and let them pick it and introduce me to a thing. So you're actually like, you are the TV lead guide, the lead TV guide <laughs> this week, I guess. I mean, that's saying a lot. I, I, I like the show. The show that we're going to be talking about is What's Happening. Yeah. Uh, a little gem from the 1970s that Brett hasn't seen. Uh, but I just, I just, I look at it and I say, I, I see that the jokes are smart when they hit. When they don't, when they don't hit, they're kind of like, uh, I've, I've seen that before. <laughs> but it's got great characterization and you, you really do feel for everybody that's, that's in it. Oh, yeah. And these characters are characters that that they liked so much, that the world liked so much, that they brought back years later. In a, in a reboot, well, not a reboot, in a continuation, a sequel series. A sequel series. Which that, is the kind of thing we see now. And what's happening now. Uh, funny that you said now. Yeah. the show is called <laughs> What's Happening Now. Yeah. Uh, where it was most of the same cast, uh, just not everybody for the, the, the same episodes. So the two main characters for What's Happening Now were uh, Raj and Dwayne. They were older. Oh, wow. They were living on their own, and what was funny that was because like the really the 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 character that everyone recognized from what's happening was rerun. Yeah, Fred rerun. Yeah, I knew who rerun rerun was. Yeah, he's is. become a, like a cultural yeah. touch point. Uh, he was not necessarily a regular. Well, he was he was a regular in that he showed up in in more than half the episodes. Oh wow! But there were stretches where he just didn't show up, and and the sister uh, D was the same way. She kind of like flitted in and out and she wasn't necessarily the rock of the show that she was in what's happening. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So like, as we've discussed this week, we are traveling to August 26th, 1976. The shootest ruled the box office. (laughs) Uh, Elton John and Kiki D's don't go breaking my heart. Top the charts. And What's Happening aired My Three Tons. So, Ethan, you chose this, so you must have seen My Three Tons before. I had seen My, my Three Tons before. Uh, kind of my newfound interest in What's Happening uh, started with uh, a late-night New Year's party uh, where uh, a friend of mine, Rosie Stevens, decided to crash with us. She was living in, She's living in Brooklyn. She's pretty far away, and she's like, you know what, you live in Queens. Do you mind if I just crash here for the night? And it was like, yeah. Mikasa as Sukasa, and uh, the conversation—I don't know how we got onto it, uh, 
was turned to what's happening. And it, from there it was, wow, you know, that show was great. You know, I remember it being really funny when I ah. saw it as a kid. Uh, we started looking up episodes. Uh, <laughs> there are only a couple of them streaming and on, on some more of those remote Roku channels. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you know, I don't know what it'd be like. Time was TV. Where yeah. We have like half of the first Hulu season. Hulu has those too. Yeah. Like just Hulu like has channels in Hulu that are just, well, it's like the Warner Brothers classics or like CBS that's why I always say, like, if you search your Hulu, you will discover, like, Mr. Ed is on Hulu. You're going to have to do some dig, some dig deepen, some big, wait, hold on, some deep digging to find the, to find it. My brain farted out. Big digging is yeah. uh, what they did in Boston. What? The, the big dig. Uh, yeah, and so that, like, led you to get the series DVD set, or? Yeah, and th- for three seasons of... What's happened? You can find it on Amazon for maybe about fifteen bucks. Yeah, uh, it's, it's ridiculously good, good price. cheap. And it's kind of I can't. It's because the series itself. Um, I don't think it really broke down as many comedy barriers as probably like some shows like New Heart yeah. or Dick Van Dyke, where there were or I Love Lucy, where they were experimenting with the medium, trying new things. And, I mean, it does, definitely has its fans. It definitely has its uh Apparently, I was doing research, because I never watched it growing up, and I don't even know if it ever hit any of the reruns. Uh, like the, It was never on Nick at Night or TV Land. No, I don't think it was. So it never it pinged my interest. But I still like knew that it existed, because I knew the title and I knew rerun. I guess I knew more about it because other sitcoms, especially in the 90s, would reference it because yeah. all the like in Friends Chandler in the episode that we actually discussed in this very first episode of this podcast <laughs> makes a D the sarcastic the sarcastic sister from Good Times reference. What's happening? Yeah, Good Times totally different show. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> I'm gonna do that so many times. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, uh, yeah, so I feel like I knew about it more. Just like it was just one of those many many shows in the '70s that had you know sassy fun characters. That became pop culture icons. Yeah, I remember. I remember watching um, the Man Show back in. I want to say it was probably like two thousand mm. or so. And one of the they had big pictures of just iconic men, and one of them <laughs> was uh, rerun. Oh, that's great! I know he showed up in a couple music videos. Like for the rest of his life, he ended up just kind of like embracing that he was this character that he played. You know, thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, and it happens with a lot of. You see, you see a lot of characters like that, a lot of actors, especially at conventions. It's I like it when they embrace it. Some because, do it because honestly, like with a lot of these teen kid actors, like that's your only option. Your only options are like embrace it because or try to have a career and it not work out. Yeah. So it's like you got hey, like you got dealt this card early when you were a teenager. You were on a hit show. Write it out. Embrace it. Don't, like, shun it. Like, don't hate it. There's If you go to comic conventions, especially kind of like the, the conventions that focus more on... We have a bunch... You have a whole Autograph. room full of celebrities. Come and meet... Hounds. You know, come and meet Butch Patrick from uh, oh, The Munsters. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, I forget the guy's name who played Dennis the Menace. But those guys oh, would wow, do a yeah. lot of those conventions. And you they just... It's a circuit. They just go and do it. Lou Ferrigno is in the same boat. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, the emails. Did we both get those emails from Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> I, got, I got them forwarded from, uh, f- 
from my old editor yeah. when I was at Toy Fair. <laughs> when, have you talked about this on the podcast yet? Uh, well, I mean, I was an editor at Wizard Magazine, a comic book magazine, in uh, 2008. And so I got uh, a lot of <laughs> all caps emails from Lou Ferrigno. Because I think he just puts everyone in his address book on a list. And he just emails everyone, almost everyone. So I got invited to go on a cruise with Lou Ferrigno. Because he sent out <laughs> a non-BCC'd email. <laughs> Like, it was just everyone in Lou Frigno's email book, like, this is the cruise I'm going on. I think I, like, turned to Adam, my, who was my coworker, like, did you just get an email, invite to a cruise with Lou Frigno? I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I remember his a- email address. It was, like, an AOL address. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... Put him on your aim list. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's really what, what it comes down to, is that especially um, this cast, when you look at them on IMDb... They don't have a whole bunch of yeah. post-what's-happening credits. Um, or in some cases, pre-what's-happening credits. Yeah, they all seem pretty young. Yeah. Uh, I know Dwayne was the youngest. He was um, significantly younger than, than Roger, who was, oh, I think, wow. I think when they were started filming, he was like 35. <laughs> Wait, hold on, what? Yeah, he was like 35 playing <laughs> high, school, high school kid. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. And Dee, and Dee was young because yeah, Dee she, was really young. Dee was only like, she was 16. Like, what? <laughs> she looks uh, so, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, so this week on Must Have Seen TV, we are talking about the What's Happening episode, My Three Tons. It is the fourth episode of season one. It was written by Alan Eisenstock and Larry Mintz, and it was directed by Alan Rafkin. Here's how Wikipedia describes the episode... Rerun auditions for a dance group, but Dwayne finds out he is hired only so they can make fun of his obesity. Which I think obesity is a harsh word. It's not that... Okay, we'll get into that. Yeah. However, the joke is on them after Mama devises a plan to teach them a lesson. Ethan, how accurate is that description? That is very accurate, but it's missing a lot of the flavor yeah. uh, to this series. First off, this was chock full of guest stars. Oh, yeah. I do want to talk about, like... I was, I was, uh, I knew Wolfman Jack was in it. I was sad he was only in it at the top. I thought, I was hoping he was going to be peppered throughout. You, you, you can never get enough what Wolfman. Is the, this is a thing, this is a recurring theme on this podcast, is how people of like our generation were simultaneously aware of, you know, the 80s and 90s pop culture that we like grew up in and like came of age in, but also the pop culture of the 50s to 70s through reruns and cartoons and stuff. Oh, yeah. And growing up, born in 1984, growing up as a kid in like the late 80s, early 90s, I knew who Wolfman Jack was, even though, when did his career end? I mean, it was probably still going probably in the, in the 70s, maybe even into the 80s if yeah. he didn't die. So, I mean, because he was, uh, there was an episode of Muppet Babies where Rolf was like the Rolfman Jack. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I just knew, I think, did Wolfman Jack, was he on Scooby-Doo at one point? He might have Like, been. that seems accurate. I have, an, I have a, 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 a compilation album. It's called Mondo Frat Rock Dance-A-Go-Go. <laughs> and it's awesome because it's all these... Um, these like tiny know nothing bands from like Des Moines, Iowa that got together <laughs> and they they recorded like one track of like college rock music, the stuff you'd hear kind of like in Animal House. And there's some great tracks on there, um, but one of them is by Wolfman Jack. Whoa! And it's it's so funny because uh, it's just an instrumental. But then you hear like every now and then Wolfman Jack would be like, "Oh, you want to party with the Wolfman? You're here to hang out with the Wolfman." <laughs> there's no lyrics to it other than just like Wolfman it's Jack just inviting. His own he's like inviting people to hang out with him. 
God. So, like, he was just a DJ. Yeah. And he was a Casey Kasem, except he had a shtick. Yeah, he had a personality. He had a like, big personality. He was the Wolfman. Yeah. Uh, so, but, so, yeah, he is in this. I mean, the episode starts out with the kids, the three teens and little D, watching <clears throat> Soul Stuff. Soul Stuff, hosted by Wolfman Jack. Yeah. I, one, of the, one of the things I always like talking about this show is if this could happen today or not. And this could not happen today because they're watching. It's all built around, like, local TV. Yeah. Like, local TV stations and then, like, you being able to, like, go and just get on TV locally, which now you cannot do. Well, because it was supposed to take place in South L.A. Yeah. So it, it was a little bit more of a chance that, you know, because there were some theaters there around there. nationally, that, ta- like, televised yeah. shows recording around there. But Probably. yeah, it, it, again, it's it's time specific and it's location specific. Yeah, it would have to be because Wolfman Jack doesn't live. I mean, he's in L.A., right? Yeah, like, he's not a uh, like Milwaukee <laughs> radio DJ. Watch, we find out that he was actually from from Milwaukee. Oh, like, uh, didn't research Wolfman Jack. <laughs> so they're watching the uh, the Rockets, a dance group, and this is also pre break dancing. Like this, they're just like. A dance group, and I can't really describe how they are dancing. They're, they're kind just, of like on the cutting edge of of break dancing. Yeah, they're because I've I've been watching the um, the Netflix documentary uh, the uh, Hip Hop Evolution, yeah. and so I was like learning a lot about like break dancing is comes from like the breaks of disco songs, which is where all the music falls away and it's just the drums. And they would just play that on a loop and break dancing is because these are the people that dance to the breaks. And it's like, Oh, these are the breaks. The breaks yeah. Um, and so, but it was like a specifically like Bronx thing. And for all, like most of the seventies rap and hip hop and break dancing and stuff was the Bronx. And so you're seeing this, which is the West coast, which is happening the same time, 1976, like their yeah, break dancing is going on in the Bronx and stuff. And so like, this is, I guess is, what is filtered across the country or like, cause they're not even dancing to, I mean, they're dancing to like, it's jazzy, like disco-y. Yeah. It's very disco-y. Like, yeah. And the outfits that they're wearing are very colorful. This is like, this is like Andre 3000. Yeah, like, like ex- Heya video. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like multiplied to like the million. Yeah. These things I mean, are this like- is like Prince and the Heya video had a f- an <laughs> even more flamboyant child. We're talking like jodhpurs and top hats and like, shirts with big like ca- like card yeah, patterns on yeah, them. Yeah, and like way more influence like golf fashion. Yeah. Like, it looks like they're all jazzy golfers, too, in a yeah, way. Yeah, like, really high, uh, really high socks. Yeah. Very, like, like, argyle high socks. Yeah, like, very very nice shoes. Like, what? Yeah. So they're watching them, and the Rockets are, like, killing it. And the Rockets are played by... The Lockers. The Lockers. Uh, which was a group that Fred Rerun Berry was in for a number of years. Oh, really? Yeah, so, okay. So he... The, the the whole idea of the, the kind of the animosity between the group yeah. and, and rerun being fat in reality they were friends he yeah le- he, he left was to, a member yeah he was a member he left to do the show so the whole premise of like they would never have a big guy in this dance group is is just totally undone by the truth of the situation yeah it turns it, on, it turns on its head he was in that group yeah <laughs> and also Tony Basil Tony, Tony Basil Tony Basil Tony Basil um, she helped found it was she also in it. Or she, she was, just, like, do their routines? Yeah, she was the choreographer. Okay. Um, That's, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Fan. Yeah. She's, I mean, I just saw a video of her, I think, last year doing some doing some freestyle moves. Oh, she's, wow. She's in her mid-70s. She's amazing. Still killing it? Still killing it. She was also Paula Abdul's 
chore no, or did she have a relationship with Paula Abdul? Or was one of them a choreographer of the other one? I would imagine that she was. Pr- she probably would have been the choreographer for Paula Abdul, yeah. but I don't know for sure. I do know though that she she uh, was in a mystery science theater episode. <laughs> she was in. Uh, she was one of the the teenagers in Village of the Giants with Ron Howard. Oh and, wow! Was it Jeff Bridges? I think it's Jeff Bridges. It's an all star cast. Yeah, it's one of the Bridges. Um, <laughs> one of them. One of them bridges. So she she had like an acting career. She had like a singing career, a very short singing career, and she then had a b- star making career with the Lockers. Everyone remembers her as like if if you're in theater and you're you're in dance, it's like Tony Basil is. Yeah, yeah. And she's great. That Mickey is also a great song. It's a little repetitive, but, oh, but that's all point. It's so good. If that's a song you can really dance to. Uh, so they're watching the Rockets perform, and you know the the music and movement inspires where you're to just start cutting a rug immediately right mm-hmm. there in the living room. Whose house is that? That's uh, Roger's house. Roger and, and D's. Roger and D. Roger and D are brother and sister, and they live with their mother. Okay, Mama. Yeah, played by Mabel King. Um, and where are Dwayne and Rerun's parents? Uh, they are at their houses. But do we ever meet them? Uh, you know, I've only watched the first season, and we never, they never show up. Huh. We, we meet Roger and Dee's dad a couple times. Ah. He's kind of an absentee father. He was in the military, he came back, um, and then just ditched the family. He's oh, played wow. off, he's played off at least in the first couple seasons as, uh, first couple episodes as this kind of, like, scumbag. Yeah. Like, he's trying to, like, he's always, like, after money, and oh. it's really very negative. And after a while, they kind of, like, he, he's kind of cool. But <laughs> it's, I don't know. Uh, so they're watching the, the show in their house, and Dee immediately starts, like, unloading <laughs> On oh, rerun and Roger too. It's I love I. I mean, I've only known of D as the sarcastic sister from What's Happening, uh, from that Chandler line, and so like to see her <laughs> watch like her, watch her live, fly her trade, yeah, <laughs> to live up to the hype. I mean, like rerun says, like I love. D. I can't help being fat. It runs in my family. Nobody runs in your family. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. That's the okay. That's the weird thing about this show too, is because it is a different era's humor. Yeah, is that this this is like insult comedy nonstop twenty four seven hundred. God, like it's relentless. You would never get away with that today. No, I was thinking like how. The whole conceit of this episode of a dance group hiring a fat kid to be the punching bag, I could see that could totally happen. Mm -hmm. They just wouldn't be able to be as out front about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because here, like, they are all just making fun of his weight, just, like, to his face. Like, it would have to be, all of them would have to make fun of him behind his back or in a lot more coded ways. Because they're like, nowadays, if you want to be an asshole, I would hope that you're not just going to assume this person's equally an asshole as I am. So I will just make blatant fat jokes about this third party to their face. Nowadays, we would hope that we have shamed you assholes enough that you would be like, let me test the waters and see if this person's as much of an asshole as I am. You know, what's so cruel about it though in the episode after everyone makes a fat joke, everyone else in the room laughs. (laughs) They laugh at the joke that someone just made at, at the expense of their friend. Yeah. And that's also a thing, like, that doesn't happen on sitcoms. Usually these people are making jokes and the characters themselves don't react to them. Oh my god, Friends was terrible with that. Yeah. 
But yeah, we also rationalized it as like, I bet Chandler's just annoying to all of them at this point. <laughs> like, they're like, we're done laughing at you, Chandler. Uh, so, yeah, and I want to talk about, like, for a second, just about, like, how this kind of comedy was from an older era and from a different place. Yeah. Because this is the kind of comedy that was kind of like that Borscht Belt yes. shtick. That you'd get from, like, you'd be in the Catskills and, and like, Shecky Green would get up there. Um, and, like, these kind of these old, like, Alan King kind of comedy. And you'd get these guys on stage and they'd be telling, you know, your mom is so fat jokes. They're telling, yeah. like, my wife can't cook. My mother-in-law is a pain in my ass kind of stuff. And it feels weird because these are the same kind of jokes that are kind of getting filtered into what's happening episodes. And it's not surprising because the writing staff and the producing staff comes from that background. Yeah, um, that's a it's a weird it's a interesting melding of different comedy styles. And it, it's it's yeah it's it's interesting because there's a lot of that you know like your mama's so fat like your mama's so fat jokes is like that's like what's on Wild and Out now like yeah. on MTV and all that. Uh, and so to have it, it's like I guess where like. Jewish and then like black comedians can overlap is where yeah what's happening exists and, in and a way. this is the same group that it's a, it's uh, white old Jewish writers <laughs> and producers there's this there's the same people that put on Sanford and Son okay yeah it was, this, it was the same uh, same writers same producers writing about a culture that is different from theirs but telling the jokes that they would tell. To yeah. a middle class white audience through the mouths of this other group. Wow, yeah. That's what makes Dee such a fascinating character. <laughs> because she's just a little girl spouting out all these, like, uh. Don Rickles. Don, yeah, <laughs> Don Rickles lines. Like, just really great. And they and they all hit because they're all, like, the jokes themselves, if, if you're not offended by them. Yeah, like, there's people. another one where they're, um,. After, like, later on in the episode when Rerun gets, you know, when he finds out he's get, gotten hired, he's like, I'm going to go buy a new... The only thing that got a Denson's dad'll fit him is the parking lot. Damn! <laughs> like, she's cold-blooded. Yeah, and yeah, and even the, the mother gets in on it. Yeah. Because the, the mother, uh, Mabel King, is, is a large woman, and she, the whole, her, her character is, I'm going to stand up for rerun for you know his his value as a dancer and as yeah. a, and you know spare his feelings and when someone says you know hey how are we how would you get through these jokes and she well, goes oh what should you do when people make fun of you for being fat well i would say that's not very funny and then i'll sit on them <laughs> like i was expecting some kind of like oh i can't believe this was, this was uh, so forward thinking in the 70s and like nope Nope, just nope. It's gonna sit on him. Nope, <laughs> nope. And that's kind of refreshing in a weird way. Uh, it kind of takes you back to one. It's yeah, like, you know, we uh, made some progress with this this mother telling the kids about how to stand up to bullies. Then we're we're right back nope, where we back started. In the I'm, I'm siding with the bullies. <laughs> so they go down, uh, rerun, and the gang and uh, Dwayne and Raj all go down to the TV studio to audition because they were they heard about you know you can audition to come be come become a rocket, a rocket yep. uh, which just seems weird that they're like we need a new member let's have an open audition anyone can join and i guess they were looking for anything specific because they end up going with a total like different direction for the entire group it's like instead of just being a dance group we're not going to be like a dance and comedy group just because yeah. we're going to make fun of this one fat kid which is kind of a weird um so they like 
uh, rerun auditions, and he's good. He's got moves. Of course, yeah. he should, because he was a member of this group, IRL. Um, and they leave, but... This is such a contrived way to keep Dwayne in the... <laughs> yeah. Like, they're walking out, and he's like, oh, wait, I forgot my sports magazine. You guys go on, I'll meet up with you later. Instead of just like, hey, hold on literally a second, let me run back, I don't know, ten feet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to pick up my magazine. Obviously, Roger and Rerun had places to be right <laughs> that very second. Or he's like learned, like, <laughs> I have asked them to wait while I go and pick up something so many times and then just leave, so I'm just done. I'm not asking them anymore. Because it's it's on a set that's about maybe 40 feet wide. Yeah, this is not a uh, big budget sitcom. No, and... The more episodes you, you see, you see they have three locations. Okay. They have the house location, they have the restaurant location, and then, like, third wild card. Rotated, it's yeah. like, we'll, we'll change it into a clothing store if we need to. We'll change it into um, a, 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 a theater set. Yeah. Like, like today's episode. And for the, for the audition, they just took off all the sets. It's like, here it is. And here's just, like, the bare ropes with the... Um, yeah. For the, the, curtain, the scenery. Nothing. Yeah. There's a piano back there for, like, a dance group that plays only to records. So there's, like, this weird incongruous piano that someone would just be like, Hey, hey, dance friends, let's play some tunes. Dance to this. Dance. Um, so like he goes back to, like, get his sports magazine. And while he's there waiting a long time with his sports magazine, he overhears the plan of, like, Yeah, we're going to hire Rerun because he's fat and we can make fun of him in our act, you know. And the jokes, and the jokes just do not stop the guy's like it's the five rockets and the moon (laughs) like like these jokes about these fat jokes on point that manager's fat jokes he's just mean he's just mean not good just very uh and then the the thing that the the entire premise of the episode like, like so much of the plot hinges on the manager being like hey you were rerun's friend can you tell him to come and rehearse tomorrow and then he goes and then, like, tells Rerun, no one does. I wrote down two-step verification, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> because the manager's just trusting his friend to go deliver the message, the important message of, we want you to join the group. And then Rerun himself is like, I'm just going to trust my friend that I got this gig. And he himself also does not go to the source and find out, hey, <laughs> did I get the job? And Rerun, as soon as he finds out, goes and spends all his money on clothes. All his money. And they say, like, every penny he owns on a crazy-ass clock That's an, It's another weird thing about the show is that everyone is portrayed as being immensely broke. Yeah. Like, there, there are things where they're, like, arguing over a quarter. Oh. Like, they have no money, but they live in a two-story house, well-decorated, uh, single-parent home. Dad's gone. He's not saying yeah, any, in sending any money back. Uh, and the mother has a job as a housekeeper. Ah. In South L.A. In that, in the, well, so do any of them have, like, part-time jobs when they're teenagers, right? No, they, no because, like, they all, they try to, sometimes the, the episode will be, like... About them getting a job? Getting a job or trying to get, get some money in some way or they want to buy something, but they it's it's something like, it's, like, three fifty, and they only have, like, three dollars and they're like how are we going to get that 50 cents oh god <laughs> what I, is happening I don't, it's i don't Child know labor it, loss. it feels like it was kind of like the writers being like oh this is a group that's very impoverished and yeah then, without like, doing a lot of research or something exactly um, i also pointed out like it's i wrote down like this is a this was a primetime network show right oh yeah yeah 
And it stars teenagers and well, ad- adults playing teenagers. Well, adults playing teenagers. But it's still, I'm trying to think of. I mean, w- when I watched this, I was thinking, well, what's a like Saved by the Bell? Like any of the Nickelodeon shows seem more in line with this because it's teenagers. Yeah, I can't think of any other primetime sitcoms that star exclusively teenagers. Saved by the Bell is a good example. Um, at the time. You had Welcome Back, Cotter. But that was all told through the point of view of Cotter, I guess. Like, he was yeah. the anchor. Because, like, Mabel, the mother in this show, is not... I mean, she's a supporting character. She's yeah. not... Like, you're not tuning in because... I don't know. She's Her name isn't in the title. Like, Welcome Back, Cotter is through his point of view. So is it like... I guess it, it's, like, close. What was the original title for Saved by the Bell? It's like... Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Good Morning, Miss Bliss. It was told through that, but then they changed it. Yeah. So it is, I think it's just fascinating because it's hard for me to think of other sitcoms that are like, here's a show about teenagers starring adults playing teenagers that you, primetime audience, are expected to watch. You had it back in the day. I remember Many Loves of Dobie Gillis. Right, yeah, that that's was, That one. was in the same, in the same vein. Um, it had, but like, Happy Days, but it also had a lot of adults in it as supporting characters. Happy Days was, was coming out roughly at the same time. Yeah. So it is, like nowadays, I don't think that happens you get if you get teenagers on primetime sitcoms it's because they're part of a family so you also have adults yeah that have adult storylines that appeal and the only time you get sitcoms starring teens teen characters is when they are saturday morning sitcoms or cable sitcoms yeah on like a nickelodeon because nickelodeon, nickelodeon disney channel their bread and butter is teen oh yeah clarissa step uh step step by step was i was, I was thinking disney channel too yeah like Every one of their shows just is this rotating yeah. cast of your generic... Your Jerks and your Joshes, your iCarlys, you yeah. know, all these... Sweet Life, Zach and Cody, yeah. Miley Cyrus, <laughs> Hannah Montana. And I'm going back, I'm dating myself, because <laughs> they, they've, made, they've made shows since then. That was just the last time I think I paid attention. Was into them. You were totally into them. <laughs> I, had my, I had my, you know, my favorites. So it, it is weird seeing, like, this is a sitcom that was meant for, you know... You're 18 to 34. And it did well. Like, th- when yeah. this season, I the first season, I looked this up before I came over, was rated uh, 26th in the ratings. Yes. That's great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, there was a funny joke when uh, Dwayne is coming back to the house. He gets there and he has a big stain on his shirt because he is like, <laughs> he's basically, he is uh, having an existential crisis about whether or not to tell Rerun that he's gotten the gig and then if he does tell them, if he tells him why he got the gig, because he doesn't want to hurt his feelings, because Rerun wants this so badly. And so he gets there and he's just like, Hey, what's that on your shirt? Oh, I spilled some chocolate malt. You stopped at the soda shop? Yeah, I needed a drink. <laughs> Which was a chocolate malt. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and so he tells, he does tell, he does tell Rerun eventually, right? He does, well, he's forced to tell Rerun by Mama. Yeah. Because... Rewin's at running out. He got the clothes. He's going to run out to the rehearsal, and the, and Dwayne Dwayne's is going to let him leave. And Mama says, "No, you have to tell him the truth. What you have to tell him what you heard." And Dwayne comes clean, and it's just sad. Yeah, it's, it's just sad because it's 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 just it kind of re, it's reinforces every th- negative thing that people have been saying about him yeah through i mean this is what number episode of the series this is number 4 number 4 it's so, pretty early on so these jokes have have been going on for three episodes prior it's also so weird because he's not 
First of all, I mean, like, fat jokes, you should just make, you should not make fun of someone's size. No. Period. God, no. Uh, and then, but it's also, like, on top of that, like, the that description calls him obese, which is also, like, he's not obese. Like, you're, stop fucking with Rerun's body image. I, I think he topped. He feels good about himself. He topped out at, like, 300 pounds. Yeah. And as someone who's, like, two, almost 250 myself, like, I understand I have a problem. It's, it's not... It's it's something that that bothers me, but yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't consider myself obese. I wouldn't. I don't. And, and it's not cool to like just throw those words around. Yeah, especially if they hurt someone's feelings. No, and it happened down the road when he was when he was heavy. It was about three hundred pounds. Uh, he did get a type two diabetes diagnosis and oh. did have to lose. I want to say he lost at least a hundred. Is he still alive? Or did no, he, he died in two thousand three. Ah, oh. he had a stroke. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, tough life. He, he was like. He was the dancer, and then he was an actor, and then he just got completely typecast into this rerun role. Uh, he actually changed his middle name to rerun. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, he was into it. And, like, over time, he, just, he would do the convention thing. He, he embraced it. Um, it wasn't necessarily what he wanted to do. Yeah. He was also a minister, like like me. Um, yeah. It's, it's like you, you relate a lot. I do. It's like rerun. <laughs> Weight problems, uh, <laughs> found religion, uh, I changed my middle name to Rerun. Yeah, you know, that's the like, thing I was going to say for the trivia section, but not Even <laughs> Rerun K! <laughs> uh, after we find this out, they cut back to the theater set where the where they bring in a joke writer and start teaching, oh. to start writing uh, the lockers, the, rock, the rockets, the routine. This guy's terrible. And I just wanted to talk about his sideburns. <laughs> As he walks in, and he is basically all white sneakers and sideburns. That's all I remember. He's got like a blue, th- powder blue three-piece suit. Yeah. Because a lot of people wearing three-piece suits in yeah. this show. And his, I mean, he has like straight up Wolverine sideburns. Like they are huge. I can't, I'm just like fixating on them because they were so big. <laughs> he was supposedly the best joke writer in the business. He has horrible jokes. He has horrible jokes. And they're they're like really mean Fat jokes. And you think for a second that the rockets are going to... Yeah, because they keep cutting up. They close up on, like, I guess, a lead rocket. And he's stone-faced. Everyone else behind him is cracking up. Everyone he is He looks is like dying. he's not having it. And I was and I was also thinking, like, oh, he's going to, like, stick up. Like, this isn't funny. We shouldn't do this. No, that's not the joke. Like, by the end, he just kind of like, cracks a smile. And then that yeah. was... And that was the joke was, done. like, he's hard to impress or he doesn't show... Emotion. Like the, the the joke that he, he opens with. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, he is the newest rocket. Well, he's not really a rocket. He's uh, it's more like a guided miss. Oh, right. <laughs> was it Blimp? No, because they changed it in the live oh, performances. Like... Blimp, but the original one is guided <laughs> missile. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> oh, also, like the thing is, I don't know. You always hear people say like you can be offensive as long as it's funny. Which I I do bristle at because I'm like, just don't be a dick. But I guess if the joke is funny and it's delivered well, like, yeah, maybe. Because, like, these jokes are bad and they're offensive, but they're also funny. Hey. They're- so they're a little bit more, like, complicated. Like, my reaction was more complicated of, like, I laughed at that. I shouldn't have. She delivered it well. Eh. But these are just, like, these are bad jokes. Are they intentionally bad? That's a good question. Um... 
I can't. Because I mean, for them being intentionally bad would require a level of thought from the writers who wrote this episode of like, now we want to write good fat jokes for D, but then bad fat jokes for the Rockets just to show how bad it is that we're making fun. No, I don't think that they put that much thought into yeah. it. I think they probably just like opened up their joke book. That they have, yeah, just like, like we're the fat jokes. That they had to, you know, they had to wrestle away from Henny Youngman, yeah, backstage and like give me them jokes. Because um, you think about it, they're they're insult comics that do great business. Yeah, rest is sold. Don Rickles, Joan Rivers, uh, it triumphed the insult comic dog. They, yeah, they're and I think it was more of a, a stock thing back when. Back before you'd have the kind of observation comedy, yeah. that a lot of stand-ups do now, you'd have. You know, this guy's a prop comic. This guy's a insult comic. Yeah. This guy's uh, he tells stories. Like you know, that was a different thing. You have to think. This is nineteen seventy six. Who's on Who's on the scene? Nineteen seventy six. I mean, is that George Carlin? It's George Carlin. Richard Day, Pryor. Richard Pryor. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Dick, oh, these are all great people. <laughs> Dick, Dick Gregory, Cheech yeah. and Chong, um, Bob Newhart, Bob He's Newhart, moved, moved Mark Saul. Uh, this is. I mean, this is post. Um, Lenny Bruce, but yeah. that's that that kind of comedy existed. It was it wasn't necessarily always on TV. Yeah, it was rarely on TV. Um, <laughs> uh, but it made it into what's happening. Well, it, that's what I think. Feel like like the, the the jokes and what's happening are throwback jokes yeah. to you know. Yeah, try the veal, guys. You know, I'll be here <laughs> all mother, week. My mother-in-law. Oh, yeah, boy. They're cooking so terrible. Boy, <laughs> I love you know? to hear D <laughs> launch into some mother-in-law jokes. Uh, I would give me a, like a what's happening 2017 where we can just have D finally make it some mother-in-law jokes. <laughs> so, so they advanced to a different version of Borscht Belt comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so as the world has advanced, you know, 40 years... What's happening has advanced maybe three. Yeah, <laughs> comedy wise, I love it. Uh, so they um, they hatch a plan to sabotage the Rockets' routine on live TV, which we don't learn about right away because uh, the Rockets are about to go on. And wait, wait, let's take a step back. I don't know if it's live TV or not. Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's true. And it makes me wonder how like how impressive the Rockets are because we see them first on TV on Soul Stuff, Soul Stuff, followed by Gladys Knight and the Pips. So it's a big deal. It's TV, you know. Yeah, with Wolfman Jack. Yeah, starring Wolfman Jack. But then this kind of like big premiere live performance is it looks like it's at a club. Because yeah. everyone's sitting at their own... Tables. Yeah. There sit- aren't that many people. It looks kind of like like the Tropicana on Isle of Lucy or something. Yeah. Like, everyone's seated at their own little personal tables. It's yeah. not like a studio audience. And it feels very empty. But I guess, like, when you do a, t- a sitcom or something, you kind of want that performance to be live because there's stakes. Because if it was, like, live to tape, the fact that... The fact that, you know, spoiler alert for a couple minutes from now, that um, Raj shows up basically like they're like here's our fat rocket and he shows up he's like rail thin and he's wearing reruns new fancy clothes and he's doing all this so all their fat jokes don't work anymore the fact that, that it's happened a kryptonite it, yeah <laughs> the no kryptonite. thinness they even say that they, they even yell and one guy's like really pained he goes <laughs> our fat yeah the fat jokes won't work it's like Lex Luthor. Uh, but like the fact that that happened, if it was live to tape and not live, they would be like, cut, cut, what is happening? I feel like 
in order for the stakes of has to work, it has to be live, live. Like, See, I don't know if it, if they put that much thought into it. I, I, did, I don't think they were filming it. I think it was just like a live performance. Oh, really? Because there was no oh, there, there was no cameras. There was no set. It, it was. See, like, I guess either I'm not attentive or they did not do a good job of. I guess I just assumed it was a TV performance because everything up until then had been TV performances. It was like it was just the show. Make sure you yeah. There, there was the a show. lot of the show and rehearsal for the show. Um, so, like, the Rockets are about to go on stage, and they're like, where is, where is Rerun? What's going on? And uh, Dwayne runs up to, like, tell them he'll be on stage when you call him. Just don't worry. He's... Where is he? He's tinkling. <laughs> All right. Which is the weirdest joke that got the biggest laugh it, from the I, studio I was, audience. Like, it got like an applause break. The word tinkling got an applause break. It was it, the best. Was that a joke? It was a joke for the people that were there, I, I guess. Because I'm trying, like, what is the context of discussion of urination on TV? Yeah, what? Where just the, <laughs> the, the gentlest word you can use, tinkling. Well, I don't know if you caught this afterwards. The, because, you know, it's one of those sitcoms where if a joke hits, everybody just goes, like, dead face yeah. for, like, 20 seconds while the applause dies. Um, so that's what happens is he says, tinkling, and suddenly everyone just kind of, like, pauses as the audience goes nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and then he – and then D- uh, Dwayne leans over and whispers into the the producer's <laughs> ear – and the, the producer kind of like nods his head and kind of like, oh, I can't believe it. But he had to explain that joke. Yeah. To the to While the they were taping. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't, it was the weird, of all the weird jokes in yeah. this show. I mean, I'm rewatching Match Game a lot on uh, Game Show Network, which is one of my favorite shows, has been for a very long time. Uh, and they get a lot of that same like, you know, fun titillation out of like, you know, Tinkle or breast or bra, like they about saying poop. Yeah. And they don't say poop. Um, they do on Family Feud now. Yeah, <laughs> a lot. Um, so there was Fart. there's still some of that like scandalous, like ooh, like oh, and like you know your whole uh, making it like whoopee on seriously love on a newlywed game. So yeah, that tingling thing was weird. It's and ni- so 1976, we we'd just gone through the violent turbulent 60s. And they're on TV. Watergate had just happened. And, right? that, and, that, and then there's a guy being like, Tinkle, let me explain more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we go through the whole, you know, their um, their scheme unfolds of bringing out Raj as uh, skinny rerun. Totally. His costume still fit, too, which is Well, weird. they like, well, we find out later that Mama uh, basically like took, the, took rerun's clothes and tailored them down <laughs> to fit him and then had enough left over to make D. Now, his costume is is it purple pink it's like a pinkish orangish shirt like silky blouse with like, with like a, a peach all together bit very big red beret with a pom-pom on the top pink pom-pom uh suspenders right it's like red suspenders and then like rainbow socks or something like it was a lot i i have not seen dance programs from the 70s However, I gotta say, this costume looks straight out of Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it does. It's, it's got it's got the suspenders. It's got the 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 high waisted uh, the uh, <laughs> the high knees. It's got the long socks. 
And he yeah. doesn't look out of place with the other rockets too, no. which is also crazy. It really does read like in the like in the sixties when it's like when color TV was a new thing, and like you have Batman sixty six, which is like throw every color on the screen. It's still tasteful though. And th- this looks like just do all the colors, <laughs> but it really does pop against because like the sets are very like brown and green and like dark blue. Like, yeah. every, like, the sets are very muted. And also, what everyone else wears is also pretty tame. And so, like, the fact that Rerun is always wearing that beret, that, like, red beret. Yeah. That raspberry beret, maybe? You know, it's, it's funny. I was just playing that at the piano this morning. <laughs> Did Prince write this about Rerun? <laughs> the, the, the beret he's wearing in the show is purple. So It's, it's weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so the, the, the their switcheroo works. Um, they get the rockets. Uh, afterwards, they say that... Is it Dwayne? Someone, one of the kids says, like, it was, the stage was like... The the best part was when the owner turned the place into Cape Canaveral and fired every rocket in sight. That was a pretty good line. That was a good joke. That was a good joke. That was a pretty good joke. (laughs) Uh, And then, like, yeah, the episode, like, it's a happy-ish ending. I don't know. It it, it takes the fat joke and reverses it. Because they say, oh, you know, as a big congratulations... Uh, Mama got you uh, a chocolate pudding cake with, yeah. with vanilla icing, and and you know Rerun says, "Nope, I'm going on a diet." And Mama says, "You know what? I don't want any either." And Dwayne says, "I'll have a, just a little slice." And Roger says, "Oh, I'll have a big slice." Now this is Roger, the guy that's probably like sixty pounds soaking wet. Yeah. And they go to the kitchen, and comes back. The cake is gone, and it's in a, a regular cake box. And it's kind of the question, what happened to cake? What happened to cake? <laughs> and then on cue, D comes down the stairs wearing a house coat yeah. <laughs> with icing all over her face and all down the front of yeah. her, like, like Linda Blair in like, The Exorcist. Like, like she slipped and slided or whatever down it. Like she took a piece and just kind of like dragged it from her <laughs> nose to her chest. It was like, and that's the joke is that Rerun ate the entire, I mean, uh, D, ate D, the entire. D ate the entire cake while they were at the show. So D then, is a chaos agent. Oh my God, yeah. I, you know. She's chaotic neutral. Wait, who plays her? Um, I think it's Danielle, I gotta look it up. Um, cause I, I should, cause I do, I want to like give her, she is, um, I get at comic cons, when I go to comic cons, I get people to draw i get comic artists to draw sitcom characters and i got the great maris wicks to draw kimmy gibbler um and so i and because she's got a great cartoonist style and i print out like a reference sheet of like 16 images of kimmy gibbler to give her and like she drew this really great cartoon like she busted out all of her highlighters and like went totally crazy with neon and maris said to me i think she said she was also like watching full house while drawing it or something like she was like I was drawing this and I realized like she's such a great female character because fe- like women rarely get a chance to play, you know, your Kimmy Gibblers, your chaos agents, your, <laughs> you know, they're not there to be like, you know, sexy or oh, no. pretty or cute. They're there to be weird and watching uh, D played by Danielle Spencer. Uh, it's that exact same thing. Like, she's not like the Olsen twins who, like, Michelle was there to be, like, precocious and, like, kind of cute nope. and cool. And Dee's there to, like, read everyone and take them down a few pegs and, Dee, like, eat a whole bunch of cake. <laughs> D was, like, a lot of seasons, D in a lot of episodes, D was a hustler. Yeah. D was, like, you know, 
I'll I'll hang up the phone if you give me a dollar. <laughs> like you know, deliver rerun this important message. I'll do it for a quarter. Like she and she was all about getting money. I love uh, that. Like I want you know I would I want to see more D. Honestly, does she get her own episodes? Uh, she's got episodes sometimes? there. Yeah, I'm. A, I remember there's one where she, she auditions for a commercial Ooh. for hamburgers. Oh, for a ha- for a hamburger place, that sounds great. And uh, <laughs> it's funny. This show has so many episodes about like interviews and auditions. I don't know. Maybe if that's like it's a good of, high stakes. It's you the know. world that you live in when you're in like L.A. But there's a lot of these things where they'd have to like go in front of someone to kind of pitch uh, something that Roger was writing, or get on a TV show, yeah. or to become part of a group, or even just a job interview. Uh, I remember one where Raj is, is trying to be an escort to earn some money. Jeez. It's a very weird show. <laughs> uh, so let's oh, here, move on. Oh. I want to point out something else, too, ah. which is kind of a cool bit of... Oops. Just everything's falling apart. A cool bit of trivia is that a lot of the characters use their real names for the show. So oh. Danielle uh, oh, yeah. is D. Um, Fred Berry is Fred Stubbs. Is Fred Stubbs. Uh, Roger's real name is Roger. Dwayne's middle name uh, was Dwayne. Well, no wonder he changed his middle name to Rerun. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, like... Oh, I forget. Um, I looked this up. His his name when he was a locker was like Mr. Penguin or something like that. That was, that was his dance name. <clears throat> I would like to see him play the penguin. The penguin. Um, oh, my God. That'd be amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, like I move into the trivia section real quick. 
Good. So there was one episode that Dwayne did by himself. Oh, whoa! He had to carry it by himself because the other guys had walked out. So what they did was they got the money, they, they went back to work. Season three came around, they did the same thing. I mean, it was... 28th in the, in the rankings. Yeah, did Dwayne walk out then too? Um, I know it was it was definitely Roger and I can't remember Roger's name. Uh, Ernie, I, I, Ernest, I forget. Um, but uh, rerun and Raj walked out again. I think I think <clears throat> Dwayne might have walked out too. Yeah, and they just said, you know what? Screw you guys. We're not giving you any more money. We're canceling the show. So it was it was a very well rated show. That's insane. Uh, but about like. Bullshit little contract. And you know they were not getting paid much, I bet. Like, I I can't imagine. I mean, this show, like, to be blunt honest, this show did not look expensive to produce. No. Like, the sets, like, you even noted the, the, the set outside of the front door of their home set. Like, you could see it is a backdrop with trees painted on it that is pushed. Like, it is, like, literally, they could touch it. They yeah. open the door, you could touch it, because it is so close. Yeah. They they keep everything to these, like, three sets. This is an episode, even, that didn't have uh, Shirley Hempel in it. Yeah. Um, as the as the diner owner, uh, because they probably needed that set for the, the Rockets, or the, um, uh, the, the show. Yeah. So if you have, if, and also this is a show that is, it's all character. Like, no one is tuning in because, like, the plots are intriguing or... uh, These are are standard cut and dry. It is the performances and those actors and those characters. And so, if you're going to spend money, spend it on giving them what they deserve. So, yeah, I'm glad they kept uh, holding out for more money. They made some money. I remember reading somewhere that when the show ended, Rerun was a millionaire. Good. He did have... He, they had some money. Well, and the show went crazy in syndication, which led to what's happening now, like, ten years later. Yeah. That's crazy, too. Um, yeah. It's it's really just a... It's a sad story. Yeah. That this show was doing well. It had an audience. It, you know, everyone was happy with it, and it came down to money. Yeah. And then they just axed the show. It's sad. I don't like that. It's um, sad. The IMDb rating for this episode. So, only 24 users have... Uh, rated this episode on IMDb. So, listeners, please, uh, I don't know, goose that number. <laughs> uh, figure out a way to watch this episode and then go rate it. Um, those 24 users rated this an 8.2. Now, compared to, I, I will say all television. People always ask, good uh, in relation to other Good Times episodes or of all television, uh, was that high, low, around the money? What would you say? I'd say this is pretty high. Ah. This is this episode got goosed by two things. It had Wolfman Jack, and it had uh, the lockers. Yeah, it was it was an earlier episode, so maybe more people tuned in to, um, for a show that didn't have a lot of guest stars. This is an episode that had back to back two guest stars. Not yeah, it's a big deal. Outside of L.A., I don't know how big the lockers were as a as a dance group. They might have shown up on a couple coast-to-coast shows. Yeah. And I don't know how, how much hype you can give to Wolfman Jack for his, you know, 15, We, we, we know who seconds. he is today, so, I mean, like, he's a big deal, right? How much am I getting paid for these 20 <laughs> seconds of screen time? He memorized all those lines. Uh, I <laughs> mean, I would give this episode, in relation to all of television, like, I don't know, like, a 7, maybe? I would think the 7 is, is pretty reasonable, especially compared to other episodes of the yeah. show. I mean, would you say this is, and compared to other Good Times episodes, is this What's a, happening? Fucking hell! <laughs> What the hell 
is Good Times, by the way? It was another show. Uh, <laughs> like, same time premise? period. Is it the same premise? No, no, no. They were it's they were living the in they were living in New York. Right. Good Times it, is a they were in the project. Jefferson spinoff, right? I'm going to say yes, but I think it's probably I I just guessing. The thing, the thing with the 70s is you can say that was a blank spinoff and you're probably right. Yes. Because <laughs> everything was either a Happy Days, a Mary Tyler Moore, or an All in the Family spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> or Jefferson spinoff. Well, Jefferson's uh, was an All in the Family all, spinoff. All in the family, yeah. See? Yep, I, I messed that so, up. So, anyway, compared to other What's Happening show episodes, where is this right? I would say that this is pretty high. Um... Because imagine if you think about what I was saying before. It's like if you had those two sets and the wild card set. Yeah. Like how many of those episodes of what's happening took place in the house or the diner primarily? And maybe yeah. they'll go out to, you know, maybe Roger has to buy a new shirt and does some shtick with the, the guy because he doesn't have a lot, enough money or something like that. Like that's kind of a little bit more exciting. Um, but... This this had you know this had dancing this had motion yeah, this a had lot of, it's a good guests uh, this had uh, four locations four yeah. locations one of which being an empty soundstage <laughs> but it's still it's four locations uh, so I think I, I placed it a little higher that's why I chose to to watch this yeah. one instead of like one of the later ones uh, who uh, in your opinion had the must see performance oh my god it's rerun. Okay, you oh, say rerun. I say totally rerun because because you got to see what this guy was doing before he became an actor and what's happening. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you get to see him dance. It's a tour de force for him. Yeah, this is this is his wheelhouse. I'm gonna give it to D. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> most of the, most episodes, you can say I'll give it to D because yeah. D is just like she comes. She's the combo breaker. It's yeah. just kind of like everyone's piling in these kind of mild jokes, and all of a sudden she just comes in and it's just like. You're so fat. Ba-boom! Yeah, like, <laughs> wow! Annihilates. You're horrible. I'm going to campaign for D to be a bigger, like, icon than she probably already is. I'm really it's sad more. that there's only, like, maybe one D shirt on Redbubble. Oh, really? Yeah, they're on a whole bunch of... Jeez, on a whole bunch of shirts for not a lot Get of, on that. Not a lot of what's happening merchandise. Not, like, <sighs> compared to, like, Welcome Back Cotter, where they had yeah. their own comic series, their own toys, you know, their own... Everything It's like... I mean, I was surprised. I mean, of all the shows that I've done for this podcast, I think this is the one that was on the air the shortest. It was only on for three seasons. Three seasons. And then you had three more seasons ten years later in a different show, What's Happening Now, yeah. which was in first-run syndication. Um, so it's still like the shortest run of any show that I've done, which is weird. It seems disproportionate to the space it does take up in pop culture. Because like, if you would ask me before this episode doing any research, I'd be like, yeah, that was probably on for like probably five years. Yeah, like Probably. the, the Sex Pistols only did one album. Yeah, see, it's like weird, weird things. But this, oddly enough, uh, I don't know if this is more trivia. But this is uh, this was a spinoff too. This was meant to be uh, a TV adaptation of Cooley High. Oh wow! Uh, the coming of age film, South LA. Uh, it was supposed to be a TV version of it, and they uh, because I've, I, from what I can gather, the only real connection is both main characters are writers. Yeah. Struggling, struggling black writers, um, which is probably why they, when it went to series, they said you have to rework the entire thing to be yeah. to be a sitcom with these crazy characters. They're in, no, wait, they are in high school, right? Yeah. Okay. Thirty five years old. Because that's the thing. I was like, you said like, wait, a struggling writer, but he's in high school. Yeah, they're, they're, he's like. 
I mean, I guess I was also a struggling writer in high school, but yeah. I also, like, I don't know. I wasn't trying to get writing jobs. They're in high school, but he's he's sending things out to magazines. Because Roger, that's his... his good. His character is like, I'm... I want to be a writer. Good. I'm going to do what I can. I like him. I like that guy. It's got a lot of ambition. It's great. He, uh, his glasses had no glass in them. I didn't know. I noticed that too. <laughs> I noticed that. Uh, great glasses, no glass. Yeah. Um, it was a cheap show. They... Must other people see this episode? I think if you're going to watch a What's Happening episode, no. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I, okay. Which one? Wait, is there a What's Happening episode you think is a must more... Well, I think it's I think it's one of the better what's happening episodes, but it's not um, indicative of what the rest of the show of the tone of the rest of the show. Okay, because the rest of the show is like single location, three camera, cheap. Like it's the they 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 might have a guest come in, but it's like someone playing a friend from school. Yeah, you know, it's it's that kind of stuff. Like, hi, I'm the manager of the shoe store, as opposed to this, where it's like. They went all out for this fourth episode. Yeah, it does Wolfman seem like Jack, that. Yeah. Uh, a five-person dance troupe, multiple locations. Like, I think this. I think it's a great episode. If you want, if you've never seen what's happening before, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. You get the the flavor of the show. But if you want kind of like your meat and potatoes, what's happening? Pretty much any other episode is going to be. Yeah, it's like better. people are asking me now, should I watch season nine of Drag Race? And I'm like, hey, you can. It is the best by far, so you're maybe setting your bar too high. You yeah. need to watch, you know, like a season seven, maybe. Start with like right. a medium of it, and then you'll uh, figure it out. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, what's happening in Drag Race? Same. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were able to mention Drag yeah. Race. <laughs> we will uh, never be able to talk about it on this show. Um, unless I can find a sitcom episode from the 90s that RuPaul guest starred on, which I bet is probably not hard. Because RuPaul said no to no jobs. I'm on radio and I'm shrugging right yeah. now. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I, mean, I, I would say this is a fun. This is a fun watch. I think if you want to, if you've never seen what's happening before, someone who has also never seen what's happening before, I would say yeah, find it, track it down, figure it out, um, get that whole series uh, box set on Amazon for fifteen dollars. It's it's a funny show. Like it. That's like that's sixty five episodes, sixty five twenty five minute episodes for fifteen dollars. That's. Yeah. Like pennies per episode. And the jokes, like what I said, is like the jokes, when they're good, they hit and you laugh. Do it just for Dee alone so we can (laughs) all start talking about her more and make her the pop culture icon she needs to be. She deserves to be. She needs to be on rerun level. Yeah. Now I want more than just Chandler talking about Dee from... She's kind of like this weird like little artifact from the 70s, but more people should know about her. Uh, uh, where can people find you if they want to talk to you about uh, what's happening on the internet? Uh, I, I can find me on Twitter. I'm this week in Batman. I'm sorry, this week's Batman. Oh, yeah. Uh, I write. It's a it's a little Twitter where it kind of previews what's going on with Batman for this week, and it's 100 percent made up. <laughs> <laughs> so no spoilers. Nope. Or spoilers for an alternate universe, probably. Yeah, if they're doing Just, things like you know. Uh, bass lessons and finding old speakers <laughs> in the Batcave and stuff like that. I'm making it sound really bland, but it's actually kind of funny. And it also just sounds like 1950s Batman comics <laughs> is what that sounds like <laughs> to me. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for introducing me to what's happening. What's happening? What is happening? And that does it for this week's episode of Must Have Seen TV. A truly, truly special episode uh, because of the content and also because of this 
Bob Newhart stuff. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks again to my guest, Ethan Kay, for dropping by and talking about what's happening with me this week. Next week, I'll be discussing the Bewitched episode, The No Harm Charm. That's right. The No Harm Charm is in season four. It is episode 31 of season four. Oh, my gosh. That's so many episodes in one season. You can stream that Bewitched episode on iTunes and Amazon Video. And this is another reminder to any New York area listeners. I will be tabling at FlameCon August 19th through 20th, an LGBTQ comic convention. Uh, It's in Brooklyn. You go to FlameCon.org for all the information. You can find me. I will be there at table D59 and I will be selling my... Uh, sitcom swimsuit and sitcom superhero and other miscellaneous uh, art there. I've already got the buttons, so if you want a Charles Nelson Riley button or a Daphne Moon Knight button or a Golden Girls button or Adam's Family or Cheers or Iceman, Cobra Commander, uh, Dr. Alan Grant from Jurassic Park, uh, John Aston Riddler, I've got buttons. And I'm also having postcards made of those same Designs You can get them at FlameCon. That's FlameCon.org. Please come say hi to me. I'm also going to have must-have scene TV cards there as well. So please, if you listen to the show and come to FlameCon, find me and tell me, and we can hang out. We can talk, and we can uh, be in the same space. Until then, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr at MustHaveSeenTV. If you like what you've heard, please, 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 I beg you to rate and review MustHaveSeenTV in iTunes. It is so important to get all them hot, hot reviews. Four stars, five stars, you know, whatever you think I'm worth. Whatever you think I am worth. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at @bradwhite. You can read the words that I write at Decider.com, including that Bob Newhart piece. Uh, you can check out my sitcom t-shirts and stickers at tpublic.com slash user slash Brett White. Spoiler alert, that's all the stuff that I'm going to be selling at FlameCon. Those designs are right there. The theme song to the show is Patricia's Moving Picture by The Go Team. Thanks to Acast for hosting the podcast. Thanks to all y'all for listening, and I'll see y'all next week on Must Have Seen TV. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.